0: Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro and Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis. I got two guests with me on the line. I'm going to bring one of them on, do our intro from the sponsors, and then I'll bring the other one on. So joining me, I have one of my teammates uh, from the Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro team, Thomas Plush. Thomas, welcome.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. A couple times we've been on the podcast in the last year or two. I can't start to lose track at this point, but... We wanted to give a shout-out to our sponsor for this episode, Juice Performer. So, Tom, tell me a little bit about Juice Performer.
1: Uh, Juice Performer is a natural way of uh, having energy for your body, for your muscles. It has beet juice and pineapple juice is the flavor I choose, and it supplies more oxygen through nitrates to your muscles. So, in theory, it allows you to have better endurance.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Oh, I brought some of the extra to my work, and I've been sharing it with some of our military members who compete in uh, combatives, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and stuff like that. So I'm Spreading drinking the... one right now. Nice. <laughs> Spreading <laughs> the juice performer love there. And they also have cherry juice, which is great for recovery. All right. Also joining us, we have JC Massey back on the podcast after the Siege episode. JC, say hi.
2: Good morning, gentlemen.
0: Yeah. So we wanted to bring everyone on the podcast today because we've been uh, hitting up a bunch of local events this year. So one of my goals, I've been competing in obstacle course racing for almost a little over a decade at this point, and I've been starting to accumulate a lot of podiums. And my goal was to hit 100 podiums by the end of 2024. Um, So as 2023 approached, I was basically like on pace, but I like to have a little bit of buffer. So I I basically started signing up for like everything that I could get to or that I had a free weekend for. And through that, through not only signing up for all these uh, different events that are within driving distance, but also thanks to apps like OCR Buddy, I found some really unique local events. And we're going to be talking about two of them on today's episode. One of them is called Wildwood Adventure, uh, Adventure Run or Wildwood Adventure OCR, uh, which is a local one I did a couple weeks ago. And then the other one is... Muddy Water OCR, uh, which both Tom and JC were there for. So we'll start, we're going to start off talking about the Muddy Water OCR, which I actually found from JC. Uh, So, JC, tell me how we found this local event.
2: Well, I uh, joined a Run Wichita Facebook group when I was looking for a a 5K this spring and just threw out things that would pop up on Facebook throughout the year Uh, a little bit before we did Rugged Maniac it started coming across my screen and I'd asked uh, you guys if you'd heard of it and you hadn't. So I believe you got them in touch and we're doing some work with OCR buddy to get them on the calendar.
0: Yeah, that's right. And for those of you who are looking for OCRs or um, looking to spread the word about OCR, I think that's a great tip because there are run groups. I know I used to train with one in uh, Kansas city and they, you know, that can help bring some new people into the sport by advertising through people who are already running, being like, hey, why don't you try this thing called obstacle course racing? It's a little bit different, especially a great opportunity for those of you who may cross train in other stuff and may have a little more muscle than the average runner who tends to be a little bit skinnier. So, and uh, anyway, we, they have multiple race options. So uh, I guess, JC, tell us about the different race options real quick.
2: Well, we have the uh, three mile individual uh course race that uh, i believe we all signed up for uh they also had a two mile individual and immediately following those two races they had a the back to the three mile or 5k option of uh, team relay race
0: yep so the the 5k they advertise as competitive the uh two mile they advertise as open and then the relay two to six person team and uh Tom was going to go there with his wife. and You were going there. So I, I kind of jumped in last minute. And then I was like, hey, let's form a team. And then we can talk about it on the podcast, et cetera. Um, so, Tom, talk to me a little about expectations coming into Muddy Water OCR.
1: Uh, I had very little. Um, <laughs> I Honestly, I wasn't even considering this race until I saw the 4 p.m. start time. And uh, it's only an hour and a half away. And I was like, okay, uh, a little local OCR, I don't have to wake up early or, you know, because uh, we usually drive up about 3, 4 a.m. And for a small race, that's tough to want to do. So uh, I saw the pictures from last year and the previous years, and I don't think they did the event justice as far as what it actually was. Um, I mean, just from an obstacle standpoint, the Gladiators has been doing this for the longest consecutive Kansas OCRs, and uh, I would put this event over the Gladiator.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. This is for me. This was one of my I don't know if it was my fa- favorite local OCR, but it was, it was, it was, it was, u- it was unique, and it was up there. Uh, and I had a ton of fun, especially with the relay. Um, so, JC, tell me a little bit about the obstacles first, and then uh, we'll talk about kind of what really made this stand out above the other ones
2: well being the first group us three in the the three mile the very first obstacle was uh 15 burpees and that was to kind of break up the herd and and put some distance between all of us i think we all found out the hard way that they had formed that probably not knowingly right in the middle of a uh, sticker patch Yeah. so we kind of had to decide to move off to the gravel and do those burpees and that kind of separated the field out and then, you know, we went to uh, what I believe they called the fence builder, which was a 10 or 12 foot piece of timber that we carried for a distance around a tree. And if I remember the course of events, right, we kind of cruised to a tire flip after that.
0: Yep. What I really liked about the layout of the course and so not super technical terrain. So it's not like you're going to be running through single track trail and over, you know, rocky technical sections. It was right along it was like in a park essentially, so it was right off of a road which allowed for spectators you know if you had a friends or family that wanted to come watch they be they could see a lot of the obstacles and realistically, they could get in their car or if there was a golf cart, yeah you know you could drive um up and down the course and actually like follow people so that was that was pretty cool I thought what were some of the other obstacles you enjoyed uh tom
1: uh Well, the burpees, ironically, is something I really liked having at the beginning to just kind of separate the pack and get everyone's heart rate going. Uh, The tractor tires were definitely no joke. Um, A lot of times you get kind of a lighter tractor tire. You really actually had to work on that, which I saw uh, some honesty out of you because when I flipped mine, it landed on the other tire, and I would (laughs) have wasted too much time trying to – push it off. I think I actually even gave it a slight nudge and it didn't move. And I was like, Nope, too much time. And I saw you going towards it and yeah, you, you pushed it off and actually did it the right way. So I, I was actually impressed by that. A uh, little honesty and sportsmanship right there. <laughs> um, the other obstacle, the spear throw, I thought was a pretty high quality. Uh, so, sometimes those um, are not balanced well. So you're just, it's all luck unless they're, you know, a quality spear. I thought they flew pretty straight. Um, I really liked the Z line too. That was kind of something new, unique, and kind of allowed you to catch your breath a little. And I always love climbing over the round bales. So I think it'd be cool if they had five or six of those in a row to really gas people.
0: Yeah, the Z1 he's talking about is a high wire, low wire. So they use a low slack line, a high slack line, or a ratchet strap, and you basically made a Z between uh, sets of trees. So the two that impressed me the most were, one, they did a um, combination. So you you pick up a cinder block, carry it over to a tire, throw it in a tire, drag the tire back across a line, and then you essentially reset the obstacle. So again, something that's like really cheap to make, uh, but it involves multiple steps, and it is you know tiring because you have to do multiple things. Um, so I've n- I'd never seen that before at a race, and the other one I'd never seen before at a race was the bucket carry. And you know, well, oh, I've seen bucket carries before, but what was unique about this? So they had one of those big, um, essentially cooler type buckets you'd put at like a party and fill up with beer and ice and stuff like that. So a big like thirty gallon container, and then the five gallon. Uh, oh, go for it.
1: It's it's a horse feed, barrel.
0: Horse feed uh, barrel, usually
1: like livestock feed, and I th- yeah, I think it holds like 100 pounds or something like that of feed.
0: So th- there was, th- there was that, that gigantic bucket, and then there was a five-gallon bucket, and they had it set up right along the shore of a lake. And you actually had to go out, fill your bucket, come back, and dump it in until you hit 25 gallons. And with a five-gallon bucket, if you filled it perfectly five times, that would be it. It's almost impossible, I would say, to fill it perfectly. Right, because you have to walk, you know, fifteen twenty feet with the with the bucket. Uh, so I ended up doing I think like six six like nearly full buckets. I know JC uh, had to do like I think one more. Is that correct?
2: Yep, I I got her in seven. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I think it was a it's a good example again. With with Spartan buying up a lot of these, you know, Spartan owns Tough Mudder. They own Warrior Dash, although they've never done anything with it. They own them obviously themselves. They just bought OCRWC. Um, so you know, with them taking over large chunks of the industry, these smaller brands is what's going to be the feeder brands to those to the larger people. It's going to get people's foot in the door uh, for a lower price point, get them interested in the sport, and then they can go venture out into some of these big brands. Uh, JC, talk to me a little bit about the you know, what you thought of like the price point versus the value you received.
2: The price point was great. I mean, I had to drive a little bit further than, than most. And I, that didn't bother me one bit, especially when we could get into the race for as cheap as it was. And, you know, and what they ended up having for us, t-shirt wise, headbands. And then we'll talk about, I'm sure the, the podium awards later, they, it brought great value and the atmosphere afterwards was, it was definitely worth the drive that i made
0: yeah so talk to me a little bit about the podium awards you since you mentioned them already
2: well i'd seen they have looks like local businesses sponsored a lot of the obstacles and had some advertising out and it's my understanding that someone that owns a woodworking shop that was associated with this race made um basically thor style hammers out of uh wood blocks, and they all have uh wood burning in them uh, the logo of the race, a nice little leather strap around the end, so he could hang it up when he got home and that was something to look forward to, knowing what that was, and being it as unique as it was, made me want to bring one home, and I got to bring two home
0: <laughs> yeah, it was the the podium prizes were legit i I loved it. I love the little wooden hammers, I think they they're super nice, like you said. um I thought their use of sponsors and branding was also like really good they had a bunch of obstacles that were sp- they like they individually sponsored the obstacles by local businesses so they could put their branding on that obstacle so you could see it um i mean you know when you take pictures of that obstacle or something you get the sponsor's logo in it whether you want to or not which i think is just a really good technique again for local brands or even big brands right you know i, I know tough Mudder's done that in the past where they they used to have King of Swingers, that giant obstacle, and it was sponsored by like a couple of movies and stuff like that. So, uh, just a really good, I think, technique for uh, supporting your brand uh, as you move forward. The, the competitive, so the, the 5K was competitive. So, they ended up giving out podium prizes for top three overall, but not age group. And then the two mile, they, they said it was open, and they actually ended up giving out awards for age group and not overall. So that's just something, if anyone's heading to that event next year, it's just something to be aware of. You know, if you're more of, um, if you're someone who's not necessarily going to do well in the overall, uh, you might want to put your efforts towards the two mile open as opposed to the 5K, right? Because they gave out more hammers in the two mile, um, uh, which was a little bit shorter, obviously shorter of a course. So you missed a couple of obstacles there.
1: So, And I don't think that, that gets used enough in OCR because I think when you get an age group podium, it really, or even close to it, you're a minute off a third place. I mean, I think that just motivates new runners and people that aren't really in the sport. Uh, They're like, wow, I actually could probably compete in this and that draws them into more and more. I mean, that's what happened to me at, CTG is I wasn't far from a podium on my first run when I was just, this was going to be a once and a, or one and done kind of thing for me. And I was like, maybe I could actually compete in this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My story is the exact same from, uh, from running. I, when I started road running, I, I remember, um uh, emailing or texting one of my friends or Facebook message. I can't remember what it was exactly, you know, 2000, uh let's see probably like 2006 or so and i was like dude i won my age group like this is crazy i've never you know i've never gotten any podiums in anything (laughs) and uh that's what like got there got me the hooks in and then i was like oh i should keep doing this and then i got a bunch more age groups and then eventually those age groups turned into overalls and then i switched sports and uh you know here we are in obstacle course racing chasing 100 so it's been a been quite a long journey and it, it did start with age group podiums. So
2: the other nice thing about the age group podiums is uh and the and the difference in some of the obstacles. They had it set up. uh my nephew ran, uh, he's 12 and he ran in the 20 and under age group, and they had different weights on some of the obstacles and different size things to carry. And you know, this was his first one. He's played some soccer, some basketball, some football. And he totally excelled in this. And I believe in his 20 and under timesheet, he finished second. Nice. So somebody that's going to be new to this because he really enjoyed the heck out of it and the atmosphere and got to watch us run and stuff, I don't think this will be his last one.
0: Nice. And then let's jump over and talk about the relay. So, you know, Tom, you mentioned it. It was a 4 p.m. start for the 5K, 5 p.m. start for the two-mile. 6 p.m. start for the relay. Um, Tom, tell me a little about the relay, like how it was organized, and then uh, who our competition was, and how many people were on each team, etc.
1: Yeah, so I thought the relay was done perfect. Um, They used the same course as the 5K, um, split into six sections. They were clearly marked where uh, the next drop off or next person was going to tag in. And what was nice is everything was along the road. So you could essentially run your heat and go either watch or go run a different heat. Um, So I thought that was really nice how we were able to, because, you know, we thought we were going to have to do two, two, two. Uh, I don't think we would have won doing that way. Um, I
0: don't don't know. It would have been really, really close.
1: So I know, I think the relay was very, um, there's a lot of people out there that were wanting that, the gold on that one. So we had some stiff competition. People really, you could see, were strategically putting their teams and putting their guys. And when we came off the first one, I mean, I was in sixth place on the burpees going into it uh, with at least, I don't know, a 13-, 14-year-old being in front of me. <laughs> uh, looked Looked like a couple Marines. Uh, definitely a CrossFit guy and I think one or two college cross country kids. So, um, they set the pace pretty high. I came out of burpees and first, and then got passed very quickly, uh, by one of them cross country kids. But, um, we got to log carry and I was able to take him back there, but no, I thought the team relay was one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. I Very organized.
0: It was so much fun and the what I really liked so you know OCRWC has longer legs right it's a couple of miles per with this relay the legs were like 900 meters and it was basically like two obstacles per leg so you like you I had to redline so hard um and like you said there was college cross country runners there and just because I mean with with that short of a distance you know where are the three of us are obstacle course racers so you know, when you add an obstacles plus distance plus time, we'll will will rise to the top. But with that short legs, like if you're a fast runner, I mean, you can just kind of fumble your way through the obstacle real quick. And uh, you know, there's there's not enough obstacles and there's not enough distance for us to to really affect it. So we, I mean, it was you know, e- at leg three was it it was still very very close. Um, I think once we got into the second half of the race. Uh, where we each ran our second leg, that's when we kind of opened up the gap a little bit more. But I mean, I did not feel comfortable. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, we got this. I was like, this is going to be close. We're going to have to push really, really hard. So.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Two nice things that on the relay as well, um, we kind of had a conversation with the other people that were really wanting to compete in it. There was one obstacle that was the uh, swim or run option. And it was... I'd say several hundred yards, maybe 150 yards, um, chest deep water that you had to wade through. And I actually swam some of it, saved my legs just a touch. And we all decided that the obstacle was more for the water. And uh, even though they could have probably competed faster by running it, we all made in a kind of a friendly agreement that we're going to do the obstacle as designed and we're all going to take the water route. Yeah. And then being able to finish up. Was nice because, like you said, the road access. You ran the last leg, uh, but but Tom and I jumped in, and you know we all got to finish together, which was pretty cool as well.
0: Yeah, that was a nice ending. That was a nice ending. That you guys jumped in uh, because of that water crossing. You guys could catch up, and because of the road access and that that five gallon uh, bucket obstacle was on there, so I essentially stopped moving for a couple of minutes as I fill up that bucket. Uh, so you guys were able to catch up for that last leg. So that was fun, and I missed the spear throw both times, complete disaster, which I was expecting I <laughs> um, had to, had to do the penalty, and then we we finished up there
2: yeah, I think my nephew's the only one that stuck the spear throw out of out of us i I got it on the two mile oh, you did
1: Excellent. yes, so the on the five k um i my expectation was the spear was gonna be a little cheaper and off balance. So I gave it hard and uh, it went straight and went straight above the bell actually because they usually drop. I mean, it's better to kind of overdo it because a lot of people underdo it. I underdo it. Sec- okay. Yeah, the second one I stuck it right in the middle. So I I was actually really impressed how straight they flew. Yeah,
0: it was good. And then the other thing I really liked about, they had this cool like giant leaderboard uh, up, So as you cross the finish line, you could look over and your name would appear and your time would appear and then it would it would keep stacking them. So it would start rotating through. So another like really nice touch for a, like a really small event. Um, I was just blown away with a lot of the uh, little touches they put into it. Uh, so, Tom, for you, like what, you know, again, we talked about it before, but like what makes what makes this something you'd come back to?
1: Uh, having three events for one is really nice. Um, I don't like driving, you know, on average three to four hours. So eight hours in a day for a a 25 minute race. That's, you know, that's where I usually do it one year, maybe two years. And then I'm probably done with it unless there's a change of the festival. That was really cool. Kind of allows the family, like going into this, uh, my mother-in-law, my wife, my son, he was going. So I get a little concerned that they're going to be there for at least a minimum of four hours. Um, you know, cause I like to stay for the award ceremony and kind of talk to people and, um, build connections. So I was worried about them, you know, are they going to get bored? Is this just going to seem like it's going to drag on for them? Uh, but they had a lot of fun. Um, They actually said time just flew by. It seemed like once one race was done, you had just enough time to kind of, you know, get your breath and get loose again, and then you're off to the next one. And then same thing, then same thing. And then, um, I mean, they went directly into the food, the festival, the music, the awards. So everything just kind of flowed really well to where you never felt like you're just sitting there waiting around.
0: Yeah, it did flow very smoothly. JC, same question on why this yeah. might be something you come back to.
2: Oh, I'll absolutely be coming back to it. Um, I have a little problem with my registration and signing up for the additional event. And uh, the race director, Eric Gates, I mean, the communication with him was instantaneous. I emailed him that. Email and he said, if it doesn't, if you can't figure it out by tomorrow, give me a call. He manually entered my stuff. So I was able to get the uh, the additional event. The other race was ten dollars on yeah. top of the registration, and I have to give a shout out. They did a great job with photography. They had drone footage. They put together a kind of a montage video uh, set to music, and that was that was out the day after the race. I mean, didn't have to wait for some of those things that normally take three, four, five days to see. Yeah, and live music and- at the end. But yeah,
0: the live music was great. there was um yeah, I concur with all those other th- the things you guys said. If anyone wants to read my full review, it's up on OCR Buddy right now. Uh, you can check over it, check over and hit up uh, Muddy Water OCR race review up on OCR Buddy. It's in Anthony, Kansas, so it's near Wichita. But again, the to me, the atmosphere, the atmosphere, the podium prizes, the multiple race options, the afternoon start to me, these were all like very unique aspects. Uh, you know, I've, I've done 150 plus OCRs. I don't recall ever doing one. That's in an afternoon start. Um, the only thing that ever starts past noon is toughest mutter, And it's 8 PM to, you know, 12 hours later. Um, so this was the afternoon start was cool. We, we drove down that afternoon. I, we actually did something in the morning. Locally drove down that afternoon, did the race and then drove back that night. So, uh, we didn't even get a hotel, which is fairly unusual for us. We usually get a hotel at least for one night, and uh, we just had other stuff going on. And it was it's a great opportunity, and it was fun. Uh, I think anyone who's looking to put on their own OCR, or you know, looking to can can take a look at a brand like this and get take a lot of their lessons and apply it. Um, the food, you know, the atmosphere afterwards, the live music, well, all kind of made for a nice, like, relaxing. It felt like summer post-race atmosphere um and you know if i didn't have to drive back i would have hung out even longer but uh yeah it was great
1: and uh one thing i want to add in there too uh, when you talked about like the team relay and how short it was and you know there were some quick people and going into this one uh the obstacles looking at them doesn't do it justice there was a lot of lung burners that you couldn't just be out there and be a speed demon. I mean, you were gonna get tired. You were gonna get your heart rate up. Uh, I mean, the cross country runners are a good example. They were a lot faster than us. But yes. I mean, you start off with burpees, you're, you're doing a log carry shortly after you're flipping a tire, then you're running through water, then you're jumping walls and yeah. jumping an even bigger wall, then you're jumping a round bell, like, you couldn't just speed through this course like a lot of local OCRs where it's more of like a muddy hutch 5k that's that's not even an OCR it's it's a 5k with mud and you know a couple things that you crawl or climb over but I mean this one was actually difficult like you
2: that sandbag carry I forgot about that 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 was one of the longer sandbag carries that that I'd been a part of, and it was a sixty pound bag for men.
0: And- you missed
1: out on Battle of the Lions and the the fifteen mile.
0: That was yeah, that was an error on people. Though this was it supposed was a to,
1: this was supposed what to what was be- it a one mile? I think I, almost three quarter know. mile.
0: It was long. It was long. I blame Brent. He ran off course. Yeah. Yeah. That so JC
1: there. Him. It was a uh, probably what fifty seventy five. It was a bucket, five gallon bucket full of rocks. And we all tripled the distance. So it was, it came out to like three quarters of a mile. I
0: think so. I think so. But th- this one was at least a quarter mile and it was, that was the intended route. And it, so it was, it was, it was tiring. I don't uh, remember
1: that one for some reason.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So the great event, check out Muddy Water OCR uh for, for anyone who's looking for some some great local races. Again, I would put it at the top of local brands I've done. Um that put the, the events that put on one event a year um that are kind of local, I'd put this at the top. Um excluding definitely in Kansas. Uh like I like I like personally I like Mythic Race better in in, in uh Missouri and Hazelwood OCR, but those are Missouri races. But for like the the Kansas kind of northern Texas little ones I've done this year this is my favorite one so i would i would check them out i also want to talk about real quick uh, another local one i found so the the last 2 weeks of september i think i raced every weekend in september the last 2 weeks of september i was doing a army uh, combatives course so i wasn't going to travel and far for anything uh, but these two races presented an opportunity over the weekend so I was like, well, let me jump into both of them. So the other one I did the weekend before was called Wildwood Adventure Run, and it is typically held last weekend in September. They do two events a year. One of them is in April. That's a kid's race. But their other event is in uh, late September, and that's the you know all-ages race. And normally it's the same weekend as OCR World Championships, so I, I haven't been able to go the last two years. But the event's like I think 17 minutes from my house. So I, I finally got to go this year. And again, expectations were very low, right? I'm like, oh, this thing's like, it's it's at a uh, zipline park. So I I had to, you know, I was expecting it. I, it just, you know, it's not their, pri- their primary, you know, money-making or their primary goal. It's just like, oh, we have some land. We'll also put an obstacle course raise on our zipline park. So I went there and one, it reminded me a lot of Casey Timber, just the same atmosphere, you know, kind of that waiting area. Uh, just like Casey Timber has, they had a fire. They had some games out there. Um, uh, you know, they have obviously advertising their zipline tours that they do. Uh, I think it's a little bit smaller than the Casey Timber one, uh, but they they did look like fun, high adventure ziplines. And then the course was a two mile course. Uh, I think actually a little bit under two miles. Uh, most obstacles only had one or two lanes, um, but the the trail was actually pretty wide. It wasn't necessarily single track. It was fairly wide, so you can get a decent number of people on there and some of the obstacles were like surprisingly difficult there was a uh, traverse wall that was fairly long i actually fell off at one point um and it was just the wooden blocks so nothing nothing super technical but it was just it was just an a unusually long traverse wall um kind of like a, a indian mud runs floating walls except it's secured at the bottom but you know those like panels with the blocks up top So they had that. They had a slide at one point. They had a mud pit. They had a couple of different balance obstacles that actually were pretty challenging. One of them was just like a bunch of posts in the ground and, again, fairly long that you had to traverse the posts uh, from one into the other. Uh, They had an easy and a hard lane for that. The easy lane had, like, ropes hanging down to stabilize yourself. The hard lane had no no ropes. You just had to bound your way across. Uh, They had uh, essentially swinging steps, um, and, again, that were surprisingly hard like i took two steps and fell immediately and then i was like oh i better better redo that so i went back to the beginning and tried again uh they had hanging ropes on that one to help you across um but again not something i, I would drive you know like uh 4 plus hours for but if you know if you're you know within a couple of hours uh and you want to have a, a fun experience it to me it's worth it right uh, the medals were cool they had wooden medals that were like essentially burned in Uh, that's the, again, that's, that article is also up on OCR buddy. If anyone wants to check that out, um, pretty cool local event. I, uh, I liked it fast, short, like I said, two miles, uh, couple of, uh, decent number of like technical balance obstacles. And then for like upper body obstacles, again, expectations were low coming in and I was pleasantly surprised. They had a set of monkey bars. They had a set, uh, they had a rope climb. And then they also had essentially a low set of like hanging monkey bars. So that required uh, you kind of like crawl upside down, kind of like a Tyrolean traverse. So and then the usual smattering of like uh, hurdles, high walls, etc. cetera. Um, another balance obstacle that was like a log on a swinging rope, right? Uh, kind of like the siege has where it's, it's connected on the corners. So like as you run across, the, the log can move. But uh, yeah, Wildwood Adventure Run, you guys can check it out. If anyone's, again, looking for some fun local brands, again, that's it's not going to break the bank, Uh gives you another opportunity to race. And for those of you who are looking for, you know, maybe some people who are not necessarily competitive on some of the bigger races, I think some of these smaller racers are great to kind of uh, get some of those age group or overall podiums under your belt and um, get used to kind of running at the front of the pack because it's. It's sometimes a different experience. You kind of sometimes have to pace different uh, when you're racing people versus just like, hey, I'm just racing for my personal best time. Yeah. Any uh, questions or thoughts on Juan Wildwood Adventure Run from the group?
1: Uh, I've never even saw or heard of it until I saw you uh, sign up or mention it on Facebook, but I think it's something, I mean – I'd be interested in trying in the future. Just I love the courses that are out there in the woods. Yeah, uh, gives you a little more to look at, you know.
0: Yeah, the course had it very. If you remember Casey Timber Challenge from a couple years ago, before they upgraded a lot of their obstacles, this had a very similar feel. Uh, but like I said, I was surprised uh, that some of the obstacles were surprisingly long, uh, despite not being like overly complex. So you're not going to get like the fancy thing like you would at OCRWC or mythic race. Uh, but you, you know, it very, very has that homemade, uh, obstacle construction feel for the woods, but it was fun again. Um, I think most OCR is fun. So there's very few courses I've been to. I've been like, well, that was, that was terrible. And, uh, I think for a, a local brand that's out, you know, on, on property of a, of a zip line, I think this is a good one. So, Comparing the two, I, I would muddy water I liked better again because of that the atmosphere and the afternoon start. Um, what was oh actually what was unusual? This one actually technically oh I guess I guess I technically counteracted my previous statement. This one had a, it was a Sunday race, and it was at like I think it was at one p.m. or two p.m. So this technically was an afternoon start as well, um, and it was on a Sunday. So it's like after church. It was like all right now that you're done with church, uh, <laughs> head over to the obstacle course and. Get ready to run. So, yeah. so
1: is it because like uh the KC uh timber challenge? I assume it's because Saturday is their moneymaker for the zip lines. So they really can't shut down the zip lines and put on the event. So I that's kind of the re I always thought that they did those
0: on Sundays. That would be um, my guess. I don't know for certain, but that, that's what that makes sense to me. Yeah. So
2: I like cool. hearing about ones like that that I'm unaware of, and as I try to get some more people from where I'm from involved, it's a little bit further drive than I normally go. But if I can if I can encourage a few people to come with me, then it's not not nearly a a big feat to come down myself for five or six hour drive. If I've got two or three people, I'm trying to get encouraged to get into the sport.
0: Yeah, and again, the the price point's going to be much lower than you're going to. I mean, you the amount you pay for gas for registration. Um, you know, you, you will still come out lower than like a single, single person entering for a, you know, a a major brand brand race. Right. So, uh, that's, again, that's how you get people in the sport. You gotta, you gotta show them what the sport is at a, at a lower uh, price point first to get them interested. Um, because the average person's not like, oh, here's 200 bucks for a last minute, you know, you know, tough motor Spartan race. Yeah, no problem. You know, they're like, eh, maybe I don't want to spend that much. so.
1: Yeah, JC, you need to check out the KC Timber Challenge. Um, the Yeti is the next one. It'll be probably the third week in January, third or fourth. Yeah. Uh, but their course is a lot of it is kind of built in, and it's fun enough where they change it up every event, so there's always going to be something new. And then it's fun to you know run it fast and then go back through with family, kids. Uh, we've already started that tradition where. I run it first wave, and then once I finish, I hop in and kind of run with my wife, and I take my son with me. I take pictures for them. It's just fun. I mean, they're so laid back about the atmosphere and the rules and stuff. I mean, it's kind of, you know, anything goes as long as you're respectful and, you know.
0: Yep, strongly agree. Uh, the Casey Timber Yeti is my favorite, one of their the Casey Timbers events, so... Uh, I plan on being there this year as well, or next year, rather, technically, because it's January 2024. All right, we're going to start wrapping it up. A quick episode for you all. Any final shout-outs you want to give? Uh, start off with JC.
2: Yeah, i just like to thank you guys uh, for always keeping me interested in this and doing these podcasts. Uh, Eric Gates, the the guy that put on this race, he was fantastic with his communication his throughout was was really nice and it was really well organized. My family for letting me <laughs> for letting me do some of these crazy things on the weekend and uh, that beat performer Thomas got me started on that and I've been utilizing that since uh, since rugged a couple of years ago. And other than that, that's it for me. All right,
0: Tom, jumping over to you.
1: Well, I just got to give uh, the muddy water. A sh- big shout out. Um, every aspect of this race was just high quality. From the footage, yeah, drone, cameraman, obstacles, well made, everything. Uh, very unique. Felt like you were doing an obstacle pretty often. Uh, the communication. I don't think you could find a Facebook of a OCR that puts so many updates and has great communication with its uh, racers and people that are involved uh the festival the scenery the awards um you know like you mentioned the scoreboard like every part of this event was quality there wasn't anything that you could really point out other than you know the stickers but that's that's nature i mean you can't do anything about that
0: part of ocr Um, yeah
1: and it's part of you know you could choose a place that doesn't have stickers but then you're going to be running on a flat field somewhere and on a farm. I mean, it's, you can only pick so many things in OCR. It's all about overcoming obstacles anyways. I mean, and it's supposed to be tough. So the stickers are just another obstacle, but no, I just got to give them a big shout out because there was nothing of this event that seemed like, uh, I wish they would have done this other than, you know, a little better on the course markings, but, uh, I think they got that handled pretty well. And, uh, before I could even catch my breath, they were already asking for the feedback and taking notes on what they were going to improve for next year. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, when I when I when I come to smaller events, the uh, I tend to like for this one I actually I looked at the course map ahead of time. Something I I often don't do, uh, just because I never know what the course marking is going to be like. So I'm like, well, let me just get a kind of a layout of generally where I'm going, um, as opposed to just uh, blindly following course marking. So highly recommend that for. If you go on any local events, uh, I didn't have any issues with any of the course markings. Um, and so yeah, T- Tom, Tom took a, Tom took a wrong turn a couple of times. Uh, but again, I, I recommend looking at the course map ahead of time and uh, part of, you got to pay be
1: attention, fair. So they to be fair. It. They did tell me though.
0: <laughs> oh the, yeah. Yeah. You, you did yeah. have one of the volunteers give you got, uh, yeah. Give you some bad, a bad couple of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's not a big, they really took the feedback and I think next year there'll be an improvement. And, um, and now that I've done the race, I don't think it'll be any issue. It's one of those things. Once you do a a course for the first time, it's part of it. I mean, I, I bet one, one out of every three, maybe four OCRs. I do I go off course at least a little bit. I mean, you saw that at rugged maniac.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: And I think uh, JC actually did the same thing I did on that same obstacle.
2: Yes, at rugged I did.
0: That (laughs) was straight instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from rugged KC. That was that was a little confusing. So, and I I don't think we actually mentioned how we did. So um, JC finished third for the 5K competitive, and then uh, Tom was ahead of me in the 5K competitive until he ran off course. Um, and then long story short, if, if, if you would have, if you would have made every correct turn, you would have finished ahead of me. So we ended up, we ended up calling it a tie for first, uh, between the two of us. So, um, yeah, I I've raced it against you enough times where I know, I know that like about halfway through the race, I know if it's one of those days where I think I can pull him in front of you. And then I know there are other days where it's like, Oh no, I'm not catching him today. I'm feeling a little bit off. He's feeling better than me so uh yeah no issues there and then we won the the team relay and then you guys won your age group for the two for the two mile I sat out for the two mile so
1: well it was one of those races I came out feeling just great and especially with the burpees I think I had a decent push at the beginning and um you know it was just one of those things that each time each mistake just kind of brought me down even more and more and more and I was like And then I thought I was going to lose it on the two mile too, because I chose the swimming route. And then I see people taking the running route, or route, uh, which is significantly faster. It was Um, faster. It was. So I was like, I'm about to lose potentially another podium because, you know, I, the competitor in me says, don't take the easy one. Take the, take the harder one. I can't sit up there and accept an award knowing I didn't do the, everything at the max or the hardest level it's kind of like kc timber we have that unwritten rule to always take the hard lanes take the hard lane right you, yeah
0: so yeah good stuff yeah and uh, jc mentioned earlier uh, during the relay we were, we were just talking i was you know with that final leg you had to do the water or the land route and we were sitting there and it was like everyone's taking the water route right and it was like yeah yeah, yeah. i was like okay we're all on the same page like I don't want to be like jump in the water and someone goes blow- blowing by on the land route. So, um, usually the land uh, route, J- usually when they do stuff like that, the land routes a little bit longer. It didn't quite make up for the, uh, extra time you spent in the water for this one. So, um,
1: yeah, I thought that was kind of odd that usually your penalty or your handicap route should be, it should ideally time. take more time. So, um, yeah, maybe that's something that can be looked at in the future. Uh, yeah, if not, I'll be running.
0: <laughs> right, right, all right. So uh, that kind of wraps things up. Again, make sure you support your local OCR. Again, OCR Buddy is going to be your primary place. I recommend going to find any of these races. Um, and then, additionally, you know, you can look in those. Uh, like we found this one, we initially found it through a running group through JC. So again, uh, another great place. And you know, if you're in a running group and they talk about an OCR that's local. Connect them with OCR Buddy, right? Be like, "Hey, here's the app you you want to get your information to," because they can get the word out to larger groups. So connect them to OCR Buddy. That's how OCR Buddy grows. That's how we grow the sport. That's how we keep it going. Um, so please check that out. If you're heading to World's Toughest Mudder, pick up those blag mitts ahead of time. Again, I usually bring a couple with me, but I can't pack everyone's blag mitts because then I don't have room for my own equipment. So please order your Blegmits online ahead of time, small, medium, and large. You can go check it out. It's over at the new TeamStrengthSpeed.com website. Uh, please check that out. Also, my books are available on there. And my documentary, Ultra OCR Man, the 24-minute film, is also available on there. You- so you can check that out. That's $9.99. Uh, again, if that does well, I will uh, hopefully put out some more video content with Bobby Ross. If that does not do well, I will have a hard time convincing Bobby to come back out and spend a lot of his uh, time to film more OCR uh, related content for me. So, uh, please check that out. Uh, Then head over to OCR, buddy. Check out the race Review articles. Uh, Take a look at those, please. And then, if you haven't heard, have you guys heard of uh, Tough Mudder Arabia? It's big news. Have you guys heard this? I have not. JC? No. So Tough Mudder Arabia, uh, it's a middle the Middle East version of Tough Mudder. So again, it's, it's part of the same brand. It's a affiliate brand, essentially. They are putting on a Tough Mutter Infinity, the eight hour competitive one in February. I believe it's February twenty-fourth. It is the largest prize purse in OCR history. And legitimately, the largest prize purse. Like, I, there's been other large prize purses, like Joe when he was like, "We're going to give away a million dollars if they get a hundred miles at uh, Tough Mudder." I- or uh, I'm sorry, a Spartan 24 hour Iceland. That was if people get that. I can't remember the exact prize purse off the top of my head, but the prize purse for this is is a guaranteed prize purse. So they're paying out several places deep. They're doing a team several places deep, and it is in February 24th. I believe it is in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think I, we'd mentioned it on the podcast once before, but they officially made the announcement. They officially put up the uh, information about the location. I, I don't think signups are quite yet open yet, uh, but it is something I I haven't signed up for yet. But it is something I've penciled into my schedule. I, as you know, I tra- travel to the Middle East. Uh, I've been there a whole bunch for the work, but I've also been there a couple of times for racing. So this is another one I'm, I'm definitely looking at. And I know you're thinking of like, well, I'm not competitive in – you know, I'm not gonna be competitive into prize money, but I will say this there's something special about going to an event where you pull in all the top people, even if you're not in running for the the that podium placement or that cash money placement, right? It's like going it's going to OCR World Championships, it's going to World's Toughest Motor, it's being on the same course as the people who are literally the best in the world coming into one location to do this uh, in a competitive nature. So Tough Motor Infinity. Daytime event, eight hour, multi lap, Saudi Arabia, February twenty twenty four. It's going to be pretty epic. So uh, I know there are a lot of the top American athletes are already planning on going. A couple of them have put out videos. Of Chris Roglowski's video saying she's planning on going. Uh, I think uh, Christian Brown Johnson, a couple other people. So something people may want to look at if you're looking for an extended trip and to go to a part of the world that you've never been to before. So.
1: As long as there's not a world war going on over there.
0: Uh, it's not Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is relatively peaceful.
1: Well, I'm talking about the Israel and.
0: Oh, yeah. The Israel Hamas thing. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Things are getting uh, a little interesting over there in the Middle East. I Things are always doesn't.
0: spicy in the Middle East. Things are always spicy. Which,
1: which before we get off and we're talking about top athletes, I don't know if you guys saw the world championships. Uh, the crazy finish of Lindsay Webster getting beat did oh yeah that?
0: i did see that on the uh a-frame cargo net like literally yes. 10 feet before the finish
1: and yeah Nicole all Marshall she had it. to. it was on the down too, the yep. the decline of it so she went up fast and then just yeah. and this is something i've always loved about. i don't really know her i just watched some of her videos and you know podcasts and things like that she as you see the other girl crossing the finish line, still had the biggest smile on her face. Just, I don't think that girl is ever mad or upset or (laughs) she's just such a positive person to see and be around in the sport. And the very first thing she did, I mean, she had a smile all the way from that pass, all the way to going up to the girl that won first place and giving her a hug. Like, um, it was really cool to see that because I think you and I, all of us and JC, I think our personalities, you know, we would be pretty upset uh, in that situation. And then Ryan Atkins finally getting his first, first place 15 K.
0: Yeah. So. OCR, yeah. Yeah. So as we we're recording this OCR world championship, the team relay probably should have finished by the time we were recording this, but recording this on the weekend of OCR world championships and uh, the A frame, that's not the first time that's decided a race, which is pretty wild. Why we just had Cameron James on, a couple episodes ago, and he was talking about how that decided the uh, the pro podium uh, at OCRWC a couple of years ago. So um, there's there's benefits to being able to get through obstacles efficiently, as fast as possible. And uh, the difference between Lindsay and Nicole, Nicole's the one who beat her. Nicole Miracle's the one who's beat her at the line. Lindsay did the flip over the top, which almost everyone does. Nicole did the, something that very few people. Well, I would say very few people a much less common one where it's a double flip. So you flip over the top, and then once you land, you reach down and do another flip. So you do like a front roll, um, which is why she covered that obstacle much faster than Lindsay. And she was able to bounce off of it and run across the line. Mm So, you know, if you're training for obstacles, you want to figure out the most efficient way possible. Plug my own books here again. Uh, The new Strength and Speeds Guide to Elite Obstacle Course Racing has a lot of those tips in there about how to get through obstacles fast and efficient. So uh, you're going to want to check those out. And then, you know, obviously, in addition to reading my books, right, you should always be learning, right? So watching stuff on coverage like the OCR World Championships can give you some of those tips from of some, of some of the top athletes. As you can see them skip holds that they don't need to use, uh, you know, and that makes the difference between someone, you know, moving up a placement or someone moving down a placement. And can sometimes be the difference between winning and losing or, being on the podium and not being on the podium, et cetera. So.
1: Yeah. I think if you're, uh, I mean, if you're a hundred yards or less of someone on a podium or even first place, uh, it's just one mistake on an obstacle or one thing that you can cut two or three seconds. And that makes up that, that uh, distance. So uh, I think we've seen a couple of times in the last few years, we've had a lot of close finishes. All it takes is just try and get, steal some of those couple seconds here and there and be able to put yourself in the position at the end. Cause I think most of us, uh, if we're in it at the very end, yeah, you're going to kind of see that Nicole miracle kind of finish with the second, third place they are going to, they got nothing to lose, you know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. We're going to, we're going to wrap it up, take it off Take off here. The next episode, we're going to be talking World's Toughest Mudder. I'm going to give you some final tips and preparation points for that. Uh, I got a Miranda Huber's coming on. We're going to be talking. Uh, her first. Obviously, she's an experienced OCR person, right? Member of the Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro Team. But she's going to her first World's Toughest. So uh, she's going to be picking my brain. So I'll be doing a lot of Q&A answering questions for World's Toughest. And then if you need more World's Toughest, my friend Jason Rulo. A creator of the Neptune, uh, recorded a whole bunch of episodes on obstacle racing media. I have not actually had the time to sit down and listen to all of them, but I know Jason, so I know he always puts out good information. Um, so you can head over and check those out on obstacle racing media, uh, talking world toughest mudder tips. And then again, if you want more tips, Mud Run Guides, Ultra OCR Bible, my book available off teamstrengthspeed.com and also available on Amazon. Can't recommend that enough. I literally dumped all the knowledge I had on ultra OCR into a single book. It's the only book on ultra distance obstacle course racing besides my biography, ultra OCR, man. So, um, ultra OCR Bible for at race level, for application to race, you will not find a better book. I, I can guarantee it. And then if you want some more mental tips, my book on endurance, uh, I take a lot of lessons learned from the podcast and apply them to, Endurance racing, whether it be obstacle course racing, triathlon running, uh, marathon running, etc. Speaking of marathon running, the world record was broken this morning. If you haven't seen it on Chicago, two hours, I believe was 38 seconds, which is insane. So we are getting very close to the someone officially breaking the two hour mark on an actual marathon course. It has been broken in the past but it was fixed conditions as in they were running on a track. They had a pace car. They had pacers coming on and off. Uh, so someone has physically proven it is possible, but no one's done it on an actual marathon course uh, where they don't have some of those additional helping points. So
1: I thought it was where they were using uh, a human barrier. They were like running in a V. So yeah, it was they,
0: kind they of were, a yeah, they, they had pacers coming in and then blocking the wind for him um, yeah. to create that, that windshield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the first one. this is the world record for an actual marathon course and he, he crosses the finish line and he's like, yay and it was like, jeez man, like like one and a half seconds per per mile, one and a half seconds faster and you'd have been sub two. It's insane. It's pure insanity. so it's coming. what
1: What is that uh per mile? What's that pace?
0: That's four minutes thirty-six seconds per mile. Wow! Are you kidding? For two hours. Well, that is. It I mean, even, I. Doesn't even can't seem even humanly possible. It doesn't even seem humanly possible. So,
1: I think I've hit five minute mile, and I'm on the ground. I, mean, I
0: think my PR for a mile is just over five minutes. Um, I haven't, I don't try to run a mile as fast as I can very often. Uh, I did, I did one, one mile race once, and uh, I think my time was like 510 or something. That was a, that was like a decade ago.
2: But I got, yeah, this year I tried it just for the heck of it, middle of a run and managed to get 559. And I was pretty, pretty thrilled with that.
0: Yeah. It's 436 is, I if, if, if people watching it on TV don't understand how hard it is because you watch someone and you're like, oh, he doesn't look like he's pushing that hard. And it's like, oh no 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 no. If you could, <laughs> that's why I really wanted the Olympics. I want them to put like two extra lanes per uh, event, and then it's like here is an average, relatively physically fit person, and then here is like someone who's does that sport but not at the elite level. Just to show you how preposterously fast some of these guys are, you know, because they, they, they're, they they'd be, they'd be way, I mean, you would just being laughed over and over again for a lot of these events. So,
1: Oh yeah. I, do you ever see the, the flash guy at the baseball game? Um, or oh, they yeah. let somebody in the stands get like, so they run the home run section going across the field. Um, and so it makes kind of like a oval or half circle and they let the first runner go like halfway and then this flash guy in this onesie suit tights just obliterates them
2: <laughs>
1: it's insane and then i thought there was a tv show what was it the million dollar mile or something where like john albin and some big names and like ocr they would give these guys a head start and if they could finish this course uh, before John Albin, and then they would win, you know, the cash purse. And, I mean, yeah. they would give him, like, a significant lead. Yeah, and Killin, then these runners Killin was
0: on that, and uh Isaiah Vidal, a couple other guys, I think. So I don't think Albin was actually on that one. But...
1: He wasn't? I, I thought so. he made... I, I thought I heard his name.
0: I could be wrong. I didn't actually... I watched a couple episodes. I didn't watch the whole series. But...
1: I, just... I, I like those kind of events like the pros versus joes where they really you know put in perspective how good these professional athletes and top athletes in the world are just in all different sports i mean it's insane what humans have come to at this point physically yeah,
2: I specialized
0: just, training yeah.
2: then it'd be you and the two miler tom hmm Oh, I looked at our times for the two-miler, and I was happy to be within uh, 59 seconds of you overall time on the two-mile. And you swam, you swam,
1: right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I I was getting nervous because I knew uh, – I had in the back of my mind that, man, if you were the actually one I was worried about the most, if he runs it, it's pretty certain that he could actually beat me. I don't think I could have made a, enough time to – be ahead and swim and you run. And So I was sitting there, people were talking to me and all I was doing was watching my clock and looking for you the entire time. <laughs> well, it was and a- I, fu- I had some relief once I saw the like 2130 or something pass. I was like, okay, I can breathe a little bit.
2: Yeah. it was a, you're, you're always fun to chase one of these days. It ain't fun to have you guys behind me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like I said, it it yeah. only takes it only takes a couple people at a local event race to turn it from something that's going to be an easy jog into something that's hyper competitive. So, um,
1: oh yeah, very. And uh, I mean, we us three, you know, until I ran into a whole another uh, course, <laughs> we were all pretty much neck and neck, just within seconds of each other. I mean, that picture of us going over the wall in the first mile.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to We're going to wrap it up. Well, uh, we'll catch you guys later this year or maybe at Casey Timber Challenge in uh January.
1: Sounds yeah, good. I think that All I'll right. see you there. Oh.